0: And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the end, Thus far the word of the Lord. May he bless the application of it to us all. You may be seated. <clears throat> Today is the fourth Sunday of Advent season, which is the four Lord's Days leading up to the celebration of Christ's birth at Christmas. It's a good thing to remember, I think, that while December is the last month of the year in the civil calendar, Advent is the beginning of the new year for the Christian church, which follows the order of events given to us by God and the gospel. And that's reflected in the traditional church calendar going back to the early centuries. And so what comes first in the gospel is, well, the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's fitting then that we understand that from a Christian standpoint, this signals the beginning of every new year. Okay, that's why we celebrate Christmas at this particular time. The coming of Jesus Christ into the world is nothing less than God's bringing of new life in Christ into a world full of sin and death. And that is why the Christian church from ancient times has celebrated that glorious coming of Christ into the world um, as a beginning of a new year. And I'm so thankful for Christmas because it is a great reminder um, for many. Now, we, uh, we are reminded of this every single Lord's Day, but um, not everybody comes every Lord's Day. But most people come at least at Christmas, and so it is a great signal reminder of who Jesus is and of what he has done and of what he is continuing to do. And at the same time, Christmas is a great reminder of who we are in Christ and that our present life in this world, as well as our future life in the world to come, is life in Christ. It's life in Christ. To paraphrase the Apostle Paul, it is all, quote, of Christ, through Christ, and for Christ, unquote. and all for the manifestation of the glory of God. And all God's people said, Amen. So the celebration of the coming of Christ into the world at Christmas is also a wonderful reminder that things are not always what they appear to be, and it's a reminder that to see things as they really are, we have to look at them through the Word of God, as it were, like a lens, so that we see things in terms of what God says they are, not what we or anyone else thinks or says they are. And that is because God enables us to see things as they truly are, by enabling us to see them in the light of Jesus Christ, who is indeed called the light of the world. Think of all that God has done in and through Jesus the King. He began his life on earth in the weakness of infancy, and he ended his life on earth in the weakness of crucifixion, on a cross, and yet by means of the weakness of Jesus's birth and the weakness of his death by crucifixion, God has displayed the greatness of his power in making all things new. So what it says in the very word of God in Revelation chapter 21. He who was seated on the throne said, behold, I am making all things new. We have a tendency to think of power the way that the ancient Romans did, and unfortunately the ancient Jews did at the time of Christ, and that is the power of force, of coercion. Think about the power of God operating through the weaknesses of Jesus' birth and his death by which he makes all things new. It is a glorious power that we celebrate at Christmas, the power of God, the power of life over death, the power that sets us free. Yes, Lord, indeed, renew our faith. Help us to look to you and to what you're doing in the world. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, if we see things in terms of what the worldly media spoons out to us every day, we're likely to be very discouraged and feel defeated. So it was in the times of which Luke wrote in chapter 2, verses 1 to 5. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria and all went to be registered. Caesar decrees, people listen, and they obey. All went to be registered, each to his own town. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed who was with child. Caesar Augustus, the most powerful ruler of the world, the emperor of Rome, largest and most powerful empire that ever existed up to that point. You get some sense of that power wielded by the emperor by his decree that all the world should be registered, because all the world pretty much, the inhabited known world at that time, was encompassed by the Roman Empire. So, the emperor of Rome had what you might call a long reach. And when he made a decree, people tended to listen up and then do what they were told. And that's because the Romans had a reputation for rigorously enforcing Caesar's decrees. So, Joseph went to Bethlehem, his hometown, to be registered, accompanied by Mary. And while they were there, she gave birth to her firstborn son, Jesus. And laid him in a manger, a feeding trough for animals, because there was no place for them in the end. Here you see, brothers and sisters in Christ, an amazing contrast, as it were, a pair of great contrasts. On one hand, the vast power and prestige of Caesar Augustus and the Roman Empire. And on the other hand, you've got the weakness and insignificance of Joseph, who is a descendant of King David, the greatest of Israel's kings. And you have the insignificance of Bethlehem, the city of David, which is really just a small town. Caesar, the pagan emperor, issues a powerful decree. And Joseph, the descendant of King David, obeys. But if you take another look, this time in terms of what the Word of God says, you see reality as it really is. Caesar, the mighty ruler of the world, is a slave. He's a slave to sin. He's a slave to death. He cannot save himself. But Jesus, that helpless newborn baby in the manger, is Lord over sin and death, and he is able to save. We can only know this, though, because God has revealed it to us by his word, and he has recorded it in the scriptures, which were breathed out by the Spirit of God and written down by Luke, his servant. And so to this revelation, we turn. And first off, we hear and heed the words spoken by the angelic servant verses 8 and 9. We read that in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. This is truly an amazing thing. The Lord chose to reveal the good news about the birth of His Son, who is Lord over all the powerful angelic rulers and hosts of heaven, and Lord over all the kings on earth. He chose to reveal this to men who took care of animals. Not only that, sheep the meekest and the most helpless and defenseless of animals. These people are not lion trainers. (laughs) He revealed this glorious reality, this message, this truth, this world-shaking and world-shaping reality of the birth of his son incarnate as a human being to lowly shepherds of sheep. These were men who would never even appear before Caesar. They would never stand in the presence of the emperor of Rome. But now, now the almighty God has sent his powerful angelic messenger to appear before them. Luke describes what it was like. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. Such a servant as this had never appeared before the mighty Caesar Augustus. And if he had Caesar Augustus, a mighty ruler, a man of war, he would have shaken in his boots. He'd have been terrified. And I don't say that in any way to mock Caesar. He was a brave man. But any man... (laughs) any man would have been terrified as were the shepherds. For if the appearance of the angelic messenger wasn't overwhelming enough in and of itself, Luke tells us that the glory of the Lord shone around them. Their response was just like what ours and anyone else's would have been. They were filled with great fear. They're terrified. They were afraid because of the power and the holiness of God and His angelic servant standing right in front of them, and they were afraid because of their guilt and their weakness. Contrast, another contrast. The power and the holiness of God and these shepherds, these ordinary men, we ordinary people, standing before the power and the holiness of God in our guilt and in our weakness. No wonder they were terrified. What a terrifying situation indeed. But then the Word of God comes through the angel. Remember, the Word of God reveals to us reality as it really is. And so the Word of God through this angelic servant comes and says, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The Word of God shines a new and completely different light on the situation Fear not, this angel is not bringing a message of judgment and condemnation, which they do deserve, which we do deserve, but he's bringing good news of an event, something that has happened that will bring great joy for all the people. In that context, that would be the people of God, Israel, and by extension, the people to whom Israel was supposed to bring the good news, but failed and that is all the Gentile peoples. And this great event is a birth, quote, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. The shepherds feared that the angel had been sent by God to announce and execute judgment from God. But he came to announce God's good news about the birth of his son, a message of God's love and grace and mercy to all of us unworthy sinners. This baby is the Savior, the one who redeems and reconciles sinners, us, to God. He atones for our sins. He effectually reconciles people, us, to God, brings them, brings us and a friendship with God. And the one who is able to do this is called the Christ, the one whom God has anointed with His Spirit to equip and empower Him to deal justly, justly, underscore that, justly, and also graciously and mercifully with people. He is also called the Lord. That is, he is God. He is the one who has been born into the world as man, the man, Jesus Christ, God incarnate in our humanity. What a wonderful, glorious, magnificent, incomprehensible, but embraceable announcement. The promised seed of the woman, the seed of Abraham, the seed of David, the one in whom all the families of the earth are blessed, has arrived. that raised for the shepherds a very obvious question. Where? Where is he? And the answer is, here is a special sign for you. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, that is a newborn, and lying in a manger. So the shepherds are supposed to go into Bethlehem, the city of David, where they will find a newborn in swaddling cloths, resting in a manger. Well, there might be a few newborns in swaddling cloths in Bethlehem that night. It might not be just Jesus was the only one born in Bethlehem that night, but guaranteed there's only one lying in a manger. So there will be one such baby, and they will find him just as the angel said. So we read, while the shepherds were still taking all this and all of a sudden there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Well, if the presence of one angel terrified them, how much more would a whole host of angels terrify them? But again, you see, the Word of God reveals to us the way things really are. They're not there as enemies, as an army host against them. There, there is a host of God's angels to help them praise God. Because of the word of God, the shepherds knew these angels were their friends. They had come to glorify God in the highest because God has been pleased to show His grace to the lowest. Verse 15 and following, When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. When they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child, and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as it had been told them. Imagine this. These lowly shepherds became the very first witnesses to King Jesus. As they went about in Bethlehem looking for the newborn baby lying in a manger, they explained to everybody that they talked to what they had seen, what they had heard, what had happened, all that about the visit of the angel and the angelic host. And they even witnessed to Mary and Joseph. When they saw it, that is, the baby in the manger, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. We should take note at the order in which God revealed these things to and through the shepherds. First, the angel from God appeared to the shepherds and gave them God's word. Secondly, the shepherds received and believed the word. And then thirdly, they acted on it. Let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. Fourthly, as they went, They shared this. They're asking people, do you know where this baby might be? And they're explaining why they were searching, what they had learned. And then lastly, they having seen, returned, worshiping, and praising God. The brothers and sisters in Christ, we can learn from these shepherds, who are, by the way, our brothers— For the Word of God through the angel was not only spoken to those shepherds so long ago, but it is also addressed to all the generations of Christians down through the centuries to the present through the hearing of the Word of God, read and preached, or through the reading of the Word of God in our own Bibles. And so now it's our turn, yours and mine, your turn and my turn, to tell it to others. But let's make sure that we get it right, because remember to understand things not as they appear to be, but as they really are. We must look at them through the Word of God. So remember the setting. On one hand, you have this vast empire and this powerful Augustus Caesar at the top of the pile, exercising imperial authority and power. But God simply used this man to facilitate Joseph and Mary coming to Bethlehem to have their child in order that the scriptures might be fulfilled. We read in Matthew 2 verse 6, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah for from you will come a ruler who will shepherd My people, Israel, that's quotation from Micah chapter 5, verse 2. So you have this mighty emperor issuing his decree, but God had decreed it, using the emperor to bring Mary and Joseph to Bethlehem so that Jesus could be born there and fulfill God's spirit-breathed scripture. You see why it's so important that we use the word of God, dear brothers and sisters, in our witness so that through the Word of God, people can see things as they really are, just as God has enabled us through the Word of God to see things as they really are. Secondly, what a great reversal is presented here. The great angel of the Lord didn't bring the Word of the Lord to the high and the mighty, but to the lowly. And the insignificant. And this is exactly what the Lord Jesus had said God would do. Matthew chapter eleven, twenty five, and following. At that time Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father. That means Jesus is the sovereign Lord. Father has handed everything over to him. All things have been handed over to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. That is the sovereignty of grace, dear brothers and sisters, in Christ. But then Jesus goes right on to say, Come to me, all who labor, and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. He's the sovereign Lord. The Father has given all things into his hand. It is he who reveals the Father, and it is he who says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. This is also what the Apostle Paul had said to the Corinthian Christians. 1 Corinthians one twenty. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom. It pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save then, man, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, we need to learn from these shepherds and just give out the word of God the way we got it. You know, it's the word of God that enables people, enabled us, enables us to see things as they really are. Then, thirdly, the shepherds believe the word of God and the confirming sign which they also receive from the angel that is the manger, and they took action to seek out the baby Jesus, spreading the word as they went. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, we have to be continually learners of Christ, but we share the word as we learn. Everything that is given to us, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, is given to us so that we can give it away, that we can share it with those around us. And then fourth, that word that they shared it took root in people's hearts and lives, and we're living proof of that we are ourselves today. Our dear, I do think this is a general pattern by which revelation comes from God to his people and then through his people to the world. So, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, receive this word today and then go and give it out.